We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As a fan base, sometimes we can be divided, but you have to leave it to the club to do the right thing and eventually know that they will unite us. And finally, there is a transfer rumor that has united the Arsenal fan base. Just not in the way you think. This is the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast. My name's Elliot Smith. You can block me on Twitter, Yankee Gunner. That's right. We have a transfer rumor that finally unites the fan base. And that is Ramsdale for $20 million. I'm kidding. You know, the, the funny thing is not even united the fan base because already uh, scrolling through social media, I can see that not even everybody agrees on that. But I think it's fair to say that while some people, myself included, are coming around to the Ben White deal, trying to really understand it, really look in under the hood there and and see how that could work. And there are other rumors that I think make a lot of tactical sense, whether it's Laconga or Tavares. Sure. On the Ramsdale thing, (laughs) I think uh, I'm going to stay whiskers on that one, I I think is fair to say. But we'll get into all that. Today's going to really just be a transfer rundown, I think, because there's there's a lot to discuss. There is the Tavares link. There is Lakanga stuff heating up. Um, There's some Olympics news. There's... Uh, Ramsdale, Ramsdale, unfortunately, we're going to talk about that. Uh, ML Smith-Rowe bid from Villa. We might even start with that, hopefully just to rubbish it and move on. But so plenty of transfer rumors. And I know that transfer business in general is not a topic that has a lot of interest and it's kind of in the weeds. But, you know, if if you haven't followed transfer news in the past, this is a chance to learn about it because I know, you know, not a lot of people follow that stuff. I kid. Um, okay. We finally got here. Today is the day you will see a big thing on social media about it. But if you are interested in coming and drinking with me to understand why I am the way I am, or drinking with Paul to hear more lewd uh, uh, jokes and analogies, or Clive to just be given intelligence, like fed directly into your soul, uh, or Scott to understand data, or other Arsenal fans, or Jessica Black, or... uh, Sophie from the Highbury Squad, or Mike from Gooners Pod, and and all kinds of other people. We're going to be in Vegas August 20 to 22nd. Actually, we're getting there August 19th. But August 20 to 22nd at the win, and it is official. Today, you can go to footballfest2021.com, and you can register. The registration right now during this period is free. There's a booking link for the win that will get you a discount that's only good for event uh, attendees, but I will let you know that um, there are less expensive hotels in the win, obviously. So if you want to stay somewhere else, you'll still have full access and get a wristband, be able to come to everything, the the transfer symposium that's going on, the live Q&As, the cocktail parties, the um, watch parties, which are going to be great. All of that um, 
it is definitely going to be uh, a fun, fun time and a, a time that we are really looking forward to sharing with you. And I know we're going to do stuff in London. We're going to do stuff, you know, for, for actual games when that's available. This is what we could do now. So I'm thrilled that we're doing it now. And, and I look forward to the things we'll do in the future. But if you are coming or interested in coming, you can go to Football Fest 2021. And the, the reason for that name, by the way, I mean, it is in conjunction with Blue Wire, who obviously uh, hosts this wonderful podcast and uh, because we play Chelsea, there's going to be a Chelsea side to the event as well with the London is Blue podcast. So there'll be a little rivalry thing there going on, which should make it more fun. Um, but yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just really excited that it is finally launching and it, and it looks like it's shaping up to be a great event. Uh, and I know we're all excited to be there. So that is that. Um, over on Patreon, we did do a Ben White, William Saliba dual scouting video uh, episode. And it solved all the questions, settled all the debates. It's funny, the people who saw it, like... Uh, tweeted at me or messaged me on discord they're like wow i have no remaining questions or debates anymore now everything is settled so i was really glad uh, clive did, did you feel that way as well that it just compl- no debates left like everything's just totally settled down and resolved yeah we killed it easy work easy work <laughs> it was pretty easy well you killed it and i said some stuff that you know i don't even remember saying so uh clive's here by the way clive's on twitter clive pfc hello clive hello hello paul's on twitter pause my pants hello pause Woo-hoo. Actually, I just want to say I'm not just lewd. I got range. I'm lewd, crude, or rude. So yeah, but you also do like meditation. You got that Eastern philosophy thing going on. You're you're a well-rounded dude. Well-read, well-rounded. Um, what kind of what kind of drinker are you though? Are we, are we going to see like a party guy? Are we going to see belligerence? Are we going to see silly silliness, affection? Like, do you? I, I kind of get that affection thing where I want to hug everybody and tell everybody I love them. What, what's your what's your drunk thing that we're going to see? Um, I don't do one drink. I do eight pints of Heineken. Okay, and and then, <laughs> like, are, 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 are you are you at eight pints of Heineken and and, and a fly a, a fury of fists kind of guy or more of a love everybody kind of guy? No, I, I know your drink and only have one. You know, know your limit. Only have one more than your limit. Okay, good. Well, we will, we will find out what that leads to, and I I am quite excited about it. I, I want to mention one thing. Just real quick, and then we will get on with the pod. And and this uh, is pretty serious, actually. Gorgeous George One Big Fight on Twitter is an account that's been set up for a young Arsenal fan uh, who is dealing with a brain tumor. And uh, obviously this kind of stuff is terribly, terribly sad. And George is fighting what's called a glioblastoma. Uh, needs a major surgery for it. He There's lots of pictures of him in his, in his Arsenal kit and at the ground and stuff like that. And um, you know, he's gotten support from some of the, some of the players and stuff like that. And I wanted to make sure that we support that effort as well. So you can go to GoFundMe under gorgeous George, one big fight, or just go to George, the number one big fight on Twitter. Uh, and you can find the information. If you want to help out there, you certainly can. Um, and just, you know, sort of happy to give that a mention. So having said that, let's, uh, let's can yeah. I add a little bit on that. Yeah. Because he actually, they actually live in just down the road from me, funny mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. I know the family really well, so um, something that's been going on in our local village for a while, and the football club has raised lots of money, the club that I actually am a director of football of, so this is a big thing in our area, and I couldn't believe it. it's gone in, it's gone big on Twitter, so if anyone can do something, I would really, really appreciate it, because um, it's a really, really noble cause. Yeah, absolutely. Um, happy to support it, because in between doing all this silly stuff, like selling you a mug that says... Uh, it's just football, mate, or he's in the washing machine now, or whatever Clive-related merch we have. We have, actually have for all of us, but mainly Clive. Um, yeah, the, being able to support stuff like this is like the best thing you can do when you have any kind of platform. So please check it out. Okay, um, let's start 
with the Smith-Rowe thing? Because I think it's an easy one to get through and move on from, hopefully. Um, so Aston Villa have made another bid for Emil Smith-Rowe. Paul, I'll give you my like 60-second breakdown of this. Mm-hmm. He's got a good agent. And a good mm-hmm. agent understands that the best way to get the best deal for your client is leverage. Smith-Rowe, I'm sure, wants to stay. I don't have much doubt about that, but... If you play footsie with Villa and say, hey, you know, we, we aren't hearing what we want from Arsenal and uh, it may be time for us to move on. And so Villa bids because they've been given the indication that that could work out. It just gives them more negotiating room. But I look at the Balogun situation where there was no chance we were going to sign him. I mean, we weren't playing him. He was behind a bunch of guys. He was free to sign with any club he wanted. He could have, he had a pre-contract Bundesliga, could have been wrapped up and off he goes. And we managed to re-sign that guy. Um, I just don't see Smith Rowe, who has just broken in, become a hugely important part of the team and, you know, has has his buddies from the academy coming through with him. I don't see why he'd want to leave. He just wants the money he feels he's owed, and this seems like a tactical, tactically efficient way to get it. So I'm whiskers, and even I'm not worried here. So I, I assume that you you feel similarly. Yeah, absolutely. Um look, on the Balogun deal, I think I was the only one who said it'll be okay. Um and and I think that's a totally different scenario. I think Balogun, there was way more risk than with Smithrow. He's not leaving. Um, there's just no way. But I, here's what's going on. I think I think there's a bit of a cultural shift in football. Arsenal would like things to be the way they were, where your these guys, your Smithrows, your Saka, will wait in line and they won't really ask for the money they're due for for another couple of years till they're like 23, 24. Um, you know, clubs with or players within your club remember that they're academy players, even in the first few years of being a senior player. And that's all changed in the game now. Like the in the past, it was you valued the ex- experienced player. And now kind of like the Billy Bean uh, phrase, like everybody values their young players. So. Arsenal would, it's, I don't think Arsenal's out of step or out of date. They're just, they're going to be a little slow changing things because what Smith Rowe gets paid, you know, Miguel Aziz will be coming through soon enough, um, et cetera. So you, it, it's not, you're not fixing one salary in the, the stack. You're impacting many knock-on effects. So they'll get there. They're just not going to rush to it. And they're certainly not going to make it look easy to everybody else. In fact, both sides may just know they're on a process. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I kind of felt towards the end with Balogun, both sides kind of knew what the plan was. Uh, like he shared a, an agent with Enkadia and there was a lot of talk about, it. well, that just can't work. Like there's no way you can resolve that situation. But there's a lot of people who, who've been kind of in this circus for a while. And it was kind of obvious that once the Enkadia's uh, future became a little clearer and and that was going to happen naturally over the season, then Balogun's path would become clearer too. So there was almost like a timing you could see in that where things became a lot clearer and his path forward became clear. And Arsenal have done very well on holding on to their own prospects, especially the English ones. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what it is? Like, this is where every transfer you make, every contract you give out has a cascading effect. And while I thought yeah. Arsene Wenger was way off base with his socialist wage policy thing, and I, I, I think it had become anachronistic, 
I understand why he had it because, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. You give a player 150, you're going to have some other players that need 150. You give a player 300, that's going to become the bar for your best player the next time they want to deal, right? So Mesut Ozil's yeah. deal became the bar for Aubameyang's deal, right? That's, that's yeah. how these things sort of work. And we sort of have the benefit but also drawback of having a couple of academy kids breaking through at the same time who look really elite and are going to want to raise the bar for one another, right? Saka's deal yeah. sets the bar for Smith Rowe, and Smith Rowe's next deal sets the bar for Saka. And that's yeah. that's how it works. And um, there's already talk that Saka, because Smith Rowe is looking for senior player money, and Saka isn't quite on that. So it, they're actually going to end up having to pay two players. But that's okay. We're going to have to do Saka anyway. He's been too good. He's due. We've just done Tierney. Um, you know, they just, like, they don't want to make it look too easy. Because uh, otherwise, everybody will be trotting around the corner. Like if Smithrow has a bit of an off season, then everybody else in the squad who's uh, will look at their paycheck and say, "I'm better than him, and I want more money." So well, this, this is just not going to make it look easy. You know what's funny? Tied to this is why talent evaluation is so important, though, right? Because it's not the end of the yeah. world to give a player 120 grand, but if you get the talent ID wrong and you give out 120 grand, guess who's never going to buy that player? Anybody, yeah. right? And then, I mean, and you then saw we'll it with bitch about how, Yeah, we'll, we'll bitch about how bad we are at selling, and a huge part of it is overpaying, overpaying. Yep. too yep. many players and the wrong players. Kolasinac, great example. Got him on a free. Yep. His wage meant we could never sell him. Willian, too. And here's what's becoming harder. Other leagues are totally broke. So yep. if you put, let's say you put a, you know, a decent player on 80 grand a week. And you think, well, that, that wage isn't so bad. It's not by PL standards, but if there's no Premier League club that wants that guy, you're screwed because it's a huge wage by League on standards and Serie A standards, right? And, and mid-table Bundesliga or La Liga standards. So all of these contracts have a knock-on. Now, look, with really talented academy kids, you're not worried. When you do start to talk about getting players, you know, like a Ben White for 50 million and 120 grand a week, you better get that right because if you decide he's not the right guy, no one can buy him from you. And that that's where wages do start to matter, not just your wage bill, but ever being able to move these players. So Clive, it, it is an Arsenal tax too, let's be honest, right? If you've just won a Champions League and Premier League and you've got, you're too deep in stars at every position and you're competing on every front, players might want to stay and fight for you and understand they can't get the biggest wage. Some players might just want, want to get paid. But when you're finishing eighth in consecutive seasons and basically asking the kids to be saviors and rescue your season, you've got no leverage and no way to keep them unless you pay up. So, I mean, I think we will pay up, and I think it's the right move with Smith Rowe. Do you have... I'll ask you this. Do you have any worry, but also, is there a fee Villa could offer where a sale would make sense? I mean, a real fee, not like $140 million, But if they came back with 70 you know, at some point, do you say, well, every player has a price, you know? Oh, certainly mean that you've got to do something, haven't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, some people would say, no, you you don't. <laughs> well, 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 we could spend know. it worse than that. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, everyone knows that Villa are going to lose Jack Grealish at some point. That's that's getting out there. They spent $38 million on uh, Buendia, and they're trying to get someone else in, so they're not too weak on the creativity side. And Smithrow seems their target. Well, that's very smart talent identification on their half. But... You know, if I'm Arsenal, I'm sitting there thinking, well, I know you got cash coming in. And um, by the way, we like the player and we're going to look after him and we're going to give him a good contract and we're going to give him a good uh, shirt number. And, and that should be the end of it. Um, I, I try not to get worried about it, but the way things work in the background, 
He's not so much Smith Rowe. Maybe I'm just learning about Smith Rowe's agent and how he operates. And that's the new one for me because he was invisible until this come along. Mm. But the fact that this is out there means somebody's doing something to get the money that they need to get. And that's it. And Arsenal need to respond, and they will respond. Um, he's got a couple of years ago on his contract, so it's not vital we do something now. But it's vital we do something soon just to hush the noise. I agree with Paul's point very much about players not waiting around anymore, particularly young academy players. Maitland Niles is another example. We're not waiting. We want things to happen. We've got to say something. We're going to speak up loud, either by us, by an interview, or by our agent's actions. They all want to play. They all want to play in the first team. They all want guarantees. They all want fast tracks. That is the new thing in football. And they're going to make sure it happens. They're going to put you under pressure. It's up to you to react. You support them. Or if you don't support them, allow them to go somewhere else to, you know, push their careers along. I think we're going to see a lot more inter-club movement in league, particularly amongst English players due to the homegrown rules. I really think that's going to happen. And it's so interesting to see some of our rumours and who they are. And I wonder why it's happening. We spoke pre-prod. I wonder why it's happening. I think it's... I mean, we have to open our minds up to a new way of business and operating. Mm. I mean, it is it is difficult, right? Because there, there should be an emotional connection to players. There should. I, well, no, let me rephrase that. There's some people that say, don't get connected. They're only going to hurt you. They're only going to leave. They're only going to let you down. You know, or some of them won't, but... Players come and go as you grow up and become an adult supporting a club. You, you support the badge, but you know maybe not the player in the shirt. You just support whoever pulls on the shirt. But part of sports, part of what makes it fun is having a favorite player. Having a guy whose name you would like to get on the back of a shirt, even if you've outgrown doing that. Kieran Tierney feels like one of those guys. Um, you want a team full of those guys. And I mean, I mean Smith Rowe and Saka, those are two guys that you really can get connected to. And I can understand if someone would say, there's no fee I'd be willing to let go of Smith Rowe for because I think it can be very good and he's an academy kid and I love him. And some people would say, look, every player has a price and oh, by the way, the guy has some injury issues so we have to do what's expedient. I don't want to lose this player right now. I think it would be a devastating thing to what we're trying to accomplish and I also think that there is a limitation. Here's the problem, right? Let's say Smith Rowe went for 60 million pounds. Who can Arsenal get that's as good as we think Smith Smith Rowe might become, right? Because... You can name some players for me. They may not come. Like, we can't get Jack Grealish, right? Like, not that he would be 60 million, but, you know, he's going to go to City. And so where we are right now, I could make you an argument that Smith Rowe will become a better player than anyone we could currently buy. Now, that's a lot of projection. I understand that. So uh, you want to add something to that, Paul? Yeah, the one the one counterpoint to my own point in a Hegelian <laughs> discourse would be that... Um, the difference between him and Saka is Saka knows he's an automatic starter, basically. Not quite, but it feels like he's a starter. He has been a starter. Whereas Smith Rowe's watching us in the market looking for a number 10. And when he's not the number 10, what is he? Now, he's a very important part of the team and he'll get a lot of play and stuff. But, you know, maybe he has the villas of this world saying, well, you are actually a starter here. Here, look, we have this spot over wherever they're carving out from, over on the right, through the middle, the uh, Barclay spot. Um, and Arsenal's like, well, you know, when when our new Odegaard isn't playing, you'll play there, or you could play on the left, or maybe if Saka and Pepe are busy that day, you could play on, you know what I mean? It's, mm. that that's the that's the little wrinkle for 
Smithrow with Villa if they're saying, here is your spot and you start every game, you're fit <clears throat> and we love you. And Arsenal saying, we love you. Now, it's still going to be fine. He's definitely not leaving, but that's the wrinkle. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, it's it's probably something that we will forget even happened three months from now after the contract's mm-hmm. been announced and we moved on. I think it is always good to check is a reality check, right? Where we are as a club, what decision-making we do, um, you know, starting to sort of interrogate our feelings about is any player untouchable, should any player be untouchable? But for right now, uh, you know, I guess the one thing with, with Smith-Rowe is the the injury history. But, yeah, I, I, I think we have a very good player in our hands, and I hope he doesn't go anywhere. I think, Let, I think he's yeah. very, very close to being untouchable. I really do think that. I think if he can sort out his injuries, I think we have something... Maybe beyond our, our, even our own expectations. I think you're right. That. Yeah, I think he's incredibly interesting player. Because yep. you know what? Here's the here's the only thing, right? I mean, it's funny because we on our mailbag pod, someone said, "Would you swap him for for Grealish?" And we kind of laughed because you're like, "Well, Grealish is right now as good as Smith Rowe might ever hope to be." But you don't know that. I mean, he could get better. I think. I think the thing that's interesting with with Smith Rowe is he looked really, really good. But when you really look at it, he's played very, very few Premier League games. It's still very early to say. Um, let's move on to some some rumors. And I, I want to just touch on a Madison rumor real quick. It's not the hottest one that's going around. But but Clive, Madison, the rumor now is that we are moving off of that. That he's just too expensive, uh, what Lester are asking. I find myself really torn in this because this is interesting. On the one hand, I think Madison is a fascinating one to debate. I think at 60 million pounds, he might not quite be as good as you'd want for that fee. I think he's a very good player. I think, you know, you're never going to be unhappy to get him, but maybe you can make that money go a lot further. Maybe you go outside the league to like an O'Warren get him. But here's what I think is interesting. There's a big question right now with the Ben White transfer of if we spend 50 million on that, does it mean there are other transfers we can't do? And, you know, I'm not saying I want Madison for $60 million, but I guess what I'm saying is the, the idea that maybe we want Madison, but maybe we feel he's too expensive, does it give you pause to sort of rethink this idea that, you know, we can just go sign whoever we want and it doesn't have a bearing? I mean, this suggests to me, at least, that if we weren't doing $50 million on Ben White, we might be willing to push the boat out for Madison. So do you... Does the, the rumor that Madison might be a bit more expensive than we want to spend give you pause to sort of rethink where resources should be going or how much we actually have to spend this summer? Um, not for, I don't see any connection between White and uh, Madison, or I don't want to. I look at the areas separately. I think, <clears throat> from reading between the lines today, with numbers around 60 million being touted, but Leicester, they're not really one to give people away, are they? They got 80 million for Maguire, and so that 60 million could easily be 65 plus 5. And you're talking, that's that's a lot, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot. Um, I personally would just say, you know what, I, I quite like Madison. I'll be honest with you, I think he's a player that we should have got the last time when he's coming out of Norwich. Um, I, I, I watched Norwich a lot, and I could see there was something there. But I've got this memory of him finishing the season last year, injured, not playing. Iosu Perez playing ahead of him. Leicester playing a 3-5-2. He wasn't able to be that guy behind the two consistently. Hit problems. And when you had that last memory of somebody and suddenly see your club linked to them for 60 million, you click all the YouTubes and all the Y Scouts and they're all pre-injury. 
they all when he was flying and putting in the top corner. And he's a very creative shot maker, chance creator, finisher, really nice player, personality. We'll do wonders in London. I'm sure you're staying all day and all night, never getting any trouble. <clears throat> so like I think I think uh, <laughs> I think there is a What do a, you know there, Clive? <laughs> Yeah, I think him and Aubameyang will be looking at outfits in the mirror and going, how do you think I look? How do you think I look? It'll be like that. It'll be one of those. Um, but hey, look, talent-wise, he, he's got talent. And I was very excited by the link, if anything, because I like to see us linked to players in the league. And I like to see us linked to other homegrown players. I think it's really important. you know. So, But there are other players out there with talent that we could get at a slightly better price. But Ben White, as I see, is something more, you know, quite interesting. I think, again, if you look around, we spoke pre-positive, look around the leagues and ask yourself, who are the next up-and-coming uh, homegrown central defenders? There's two. There's Ben White and there's Ben Godfrey. And Ben Godfrey is more robust, more your Gabriel type. He can play fullback and centre-back. Uh, has played in midfield in his career. Really put an aggressive edge of, and increased his pace in the last year. Very good for Everton. We're not getting him out of there <clears throat> for less than 50 million. And and you've got Ben White, who we can get out. Ilkey, possessions in the back. That's what we need. I find that signing really a future-proof signing. I really do. Madison, I think we can find other goal-scoring, second-striker, 10 creators out there to supplement what we already have behind the striker. I think we can do something better there. We have a lot of developing talent that is going to end up squeezing each other out. Someone's going to fall off the cliff. So I've been been glad to see... I wouldn't be upset if we didn't get Madison. I think there's value out there. I'm not looking at what I'm looking at other players like Pedro Conchalves, for example, who I think there's value out there that we could get to um, you know improve us. Yeah, I mean, I I think... There's sort of becoming this meme where people are like, oh, I bet you'd love him if he was a, a a player in the French league who you've never watched once. Like, and the problem with that meme is like that's not the point, right? The the point isn't I want players I've never heard of in leagues I've never watched. The point is is there value to be found in players that are not the obvious option, right? Because if all you want to do is buy the obvious option. You can be very good doing that, but you're going to spend max money, which means you're going to get fewer players and you're going to have less resale value and all on and on and on. If you're City, buying Kane and Grealish makes plenty of sense because you can't get hurt. You got all the money in the world. you know. And if you're Chelsea and you want to buy Holland, great. If you're United and you're getting freaking Sancho and Camavinga, yeah, this shit's all super depressing because those are obvious players at big fees who, look, they can fail too, but... The safest way to make sure you get results is to buy the obvious players with predictable output at huge fees. Unfortunately, we A, can't necessarily attract those players right now, and B, maybe can buy one of those players, but we can't fill all our needs that way. So it's more about chasing value to try to get as much for your money as possible. You know, there was a tweet that went around today, and you know, as you know, I, I need to be blocked on Twitter. Like I say it for a reason. My Twitter account is a bad follow. Like, you know that. Just don't follow it. Uh, block it. But, like, there's a tweet going around saying, you know, here's what it looks like right now. 105 million pounds for Ben White, Lakanga, um, Tavares, and Ramsdale. And I look at that and I go, 
other than Ramsdale, I don't necessarily hate any of those moves individually, but that's 105 million pounds. And does it move the needle? Do we go from eighth to seventh with those moves? Do we go from eighth to sixth? Do we go from eighth to fourth? Like, it, I don't know if it makes you that much better. You know, Villa signed Buendia for 33 million pounds. So it, there are choices to be made when you go into the market about how far you want your money to go. The more you pay, presumably the more certainty you get. If you know, if you're not a total idiot, but Paul, you want to add on this? Um, yeah, um, I guess the interesting thing, given we were kind of talking about uh, the the uh, what's his face, Madison, uh, like that seemed very much agent talk. And when we talk about, say, spending the money there versus spending the money on Ben White, well, we probably have to do both. Um, but I can see going English for a centre-back or rather going Premier League for a centre-back because you need that thing nailed down right from the get-go. Um, if he, if you're going to spend big and he's going to be your starter, like you could argue it either way. But I definitely see the benefits of having a, a Premier League ready uh, centre-back who you absolutely know everything about and how he's used and how he how he plays so you're ready to go. And then this let's go to this distressed European market to find talent. Well, you've got Smith Rowe, um, who you're going to have to make commitments to. So you have that in place. There's your there's your safeguard. And you can be a little brave on getting uh, in the European market a distressed signing of a, a talented up and coming attacking midfielder. And there's shit loads of them. And you have, you know, they can be, they can have good games and bad, <clears throat> and you can alternate them with Smith Rowe, and like you've, you've got a lot of options there. So I'm a lot less worried about not getting the known quantity that is Madison versus the known quantity that is Ben White. And uh, I did always feel Madison was more, a little more agent talk, and the price was like silly um, from an Arsenal standpoint, but. But that's what agents do. Um, that's that's kind of how I hope it, it pans out. We go and get somebody exciting in the attacking mid-10 spot, and there's a lot of them in Europe, and we find the right one who's at the right price. Mm. I, I guess, speaking of the right one at the right price, Paul, now now is it time to shift gears to the one yes. transfer to, to unite us yeah. all? The oh, transfer yeah. to unite the fans? Clive, Clive trying to trigger me in the mentions, in the, in the chat. According to the mail, now there are plenty of, plenty of outlets linking us. The mail has us in for what would clearly be a blockbuster move. 35 million pounds now, according to the mail. I've heard 25. For Ramsdale. Um, look, I have... I have takes, but I will just defer to you to get this ball rolling. We talk about value. This this does not feel like value, Paul. This feels like uh, this feels like red red flags all over the place. Well, so from the reporting, including uh, Gunner Blog, um, who doesn't get carried away with this stuff, we're very serious about Ramsdale, and we're making serious efforts, serious money, but. Um, I think it's got to be much more in the 20 million range. I mean, yeah. 35 million, that's that's crazy talk. Um, I don't love the Ramsdale signing. Um, I can't say I spent too much time thinking about Aaron Ramsdale in the league. Now, say what you like, he's had a lot of practice 
So he should be PL ready. Uh, he's faced a lot of shots. He's <laughs> let in a few of them. Um, I think stats-wise, it's not clear that he's bad. Um, but then stats are very bad at helping you assess a keeper. You really need a massive amount of eye test from an experienced uh, goalkeeping analyst. Um, they're coming along with that stuff, but from what I understand, it's really hard. Like you can't, you just can't go by save percents or even like his expected uh, saves are pretty decent. They're about right, but when you watch them. He looks, he's got the Almunias. He just looks... Well, let's just quantify the expected saves looking decent is like 65th percentile. So not, you know, again, not the guy yeah. you'd say, hmm, uh-huh. there's something in the data here that says go for him, you know? Yeah. There's nothing in the data that says he's terrible as well. Mm. Um, he he bangs it long and Leno bangs it short. I've seen a lot of, a lot of discussion around that, but that's entirely style, right? Mm. Um, like they went long to McGoldrick, so that's what he did. Um, Leno is the shortest passing goalkeeper in the league, pretty much 19th or 20th, but that's because we played out from the back. We know that. Um, so it's just really hard to compare goalkeepers because of style, the way the teams played, how shit Sheffield United were. But he does give me the PTSD Almunia's feel about him. And I was the thing about you and me and Almunia, um, and it'll probably be you, me, and, uh, and uh, Ramsdale is. He just didn't freak me out as bad as he did with you. I mean, I wanted a better goalkeeper, and I like Cam in my back line. And that, like, that is a thing. Um, and, and I think for the most part, Leno and we saw Martinez, they have a presence about them. Um, and there are times when we get a little jittery, and maybe for a game or two, uh, Leno did. But mostly he's had this air of he's solid, he's not perturbed. He might be a little bit out of form, but I don't think we should be losing our shit. And then he comes back into form and he's solid. And Ramsdale seems like one of those uh, keepers who makes you feel nervous. And if he makes me feel nervous from here, what's he doing to the players around him? So, mm. uh, But we can't be spending crazy money on him. We're going to have Leno for another year. I think that's that's a given. We don't need to. We need a homegrown. Um, he's young, he can be developed, I see all that, but it, uh, and like I don't love it, but maybe they know something about goalkeeping, I, I don't, and that wouldn't be too hard, just the, like it can't be stupid money, and uh, you know, I much preferred this whole Onana thing, I've seen people say, but he's available for 9 million, well, he's not necessarily, he's available for whatever it is he's willing to come for in terms of wages, and what the fee will be now that uh, you know, there's a market for him. Uh, why we thought we would be the only person like that. That, But that was a much more exciting, that one I really got into. I like Onana. I like that whole idea. Not that I know anything about him. This one I don't like, um, but it's realistic and it might be happening, but it can't be for crazy money. Yeah. And again, I mean, I think, I think part of it too is like, it's almost like someone just decided at the club, hey, we need more Premier League experience. So now that's all we're looking at. So it's like it's like Ben White and Madison and and Aaron Ramsdale. And again, I I'm not trying to dismiss the do, do need probably for- like isn't goalkeeper your second goalkeeper the classic homegrown and we need some homegrown. I mean we'll get by this year because we don't have a lot of games. But your goalkeeper is a long term appointment and we will need homegrowns as we get into 
a bigger squad next year and more requirements. So that one makes sense. Mm. Yeah. But, I, yeah. I mean, why this one? The, the interesting thing is like, if you look at data, goalkeeping data is probably worthless, but like the thing about Onana is he played with the ball at his feet a lot. He played short a lot. His say, you know, expected saves, like whatever you want to call it, like expected goals, minus goals. In other words, like, did you save more than you would have been expected to? He's in the 99th percentile for it, whereas Ramsdale's 69th. Ramsdale didn't play with the ball at his feet a lot. Now, again, I agree that's style. The problem, though, is how would you know if he can do it? You know, you'd be guessing. Now, he is 6'4", he is 23. Like, you know, there's there's a lot to, like, just sort of age and size and Premier League experience. It's a lot of money on a guy who, you know, the Sheffield United fan I talked to said he has a relationship with Calamity, which, like, you know what? Like, I went through the Almunia experience, and I don't need it again. Um, you know, and, and I mean, given that we went, we did get that Runnerson guy, given that some of the, the issues with how we've decided things at goalkeeper, I don't have a lot of trust at the position Clive, this just feels like a rumor where even if you're someone who's inclined to see the wisdom in it, this feels like a landmine we don't need to step on. It's a lot of money. doesn't seem like a clearly good move. We don't have to make it right now. So just, I don't know. Don't do it. <laughs> I know you're, yeah. you're, more, you're, more, um, you're more on the fence about it than I am, I guess. No, I just, I, I, I go on the fence on most things like this because the quote said that Ramsdale is on the radar. Mm. Right, so he's on the radar, and, and you know. Well, what? he's very think, tall, so like if you, if they were into me, I wouldn't be on the radar because I'd be well under it. But, okay. Yeah, well, he's like that's uh, a radar joke. Sorry, <clears throat> he's England. He's England, the third best goalkeeper in England, yeah, and um, mm. he's the youngest one. And I'd expect I'd expect him to be on the radar. I'm also going to do it. If they do do it, then I'm not sure the goalkeeper plan. Is he going to come and be a number two? Is Leonard going to sign a new contract, and they're, they're going to be our two goalkeepers. I could easily be it, you know. Then I could stay, and that's it. And in two, three years' time, he takes over. Um, I think you need to have a goalkeeper plan, really, um, before you get overexcited. I, I read some indifferent things, some good, some not so good. Um, he's definitely improving, and that's what you'd expect for a young goalkeeper. And so, yeah, I look around again. I look around the hungry market. I, I don't rate D Henderson at all. Um, I don't. I think Nick Pope is very, very shaky on his on his legs. I think Pickford, is, the fact he's still there and clear number one, is um, tells you there's a shortage of young goalkeeping talent. If you're looking for young homegrown goalkeeping talent, he should be on the radar. He really should, right? So, <clears throat> I think it's a planned thing. I, I, I definitely, he's definitely improved. He's definitely ended the season well, and he's definitely got growth potential. And I just think. That's not a bad thing. I find it quite interesting. One of your comments earlier, I didn't catch all the players you mentioned, but you said, do they move the, the needle? Well, yeah. mm. what, we, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to rebuild the face of the club. And I'm excited by the growth potential of some of these names. And that, that does excite me, you know, and I think that's what we should have. What we've seen over the last couple of years, we know exactly what we've got. And the only things that excite us are the people with the growth potential. Yeah? And some of the older players who have just not done it and the motivations are not clear, they don't excite us at all. You know, So this sort of stuff does excite me. The names we're linked to really excite me. All he does is uncovers our thought process, potentially. Some of it I agree with, some of it I don't know. I'm not prepared to go loopy just yet on the fact that a goalkeeper's on the radar. I think it's a good thing we're looking this way. 
and we're sending out a message, a different message of what the club is trying to do. I really like that idea. I really do. I'm, if we spend $28 million on this guy and he's not very good, then it looks a bit stupid considering where we were a year ago. And we seem to have flipped strategies really, really quickly. Why can't we have just kept them both and held our ground, you know? But maybe contractually weren't strong and also being, also being a decent club. And Martez, who'd been there 10 years, they decided to let him go and earn his money. I thought it was the right thing to do. But here we are a year later and the situation is changing. We made a bad mistake with Runnison. And now we need to rebuild a goalkeeping situation with the third goalkeeper not even in contract. you got a problem, you know? So... We need to do something, and it may not be cost optimal, but we need to do something with the goalkeeping situation to have somebody who's going to be there in five years' time. Mm. And this could be the move. If you spread that cost over five years, it doesn't look too dumb. You know, so it's I mean, a big part, another uh, look, scenario. A big part of this, for for because I everything you just said makes sense intellectually, right? Like it just it it just does. If he's good, um, you know, and and I I think I don't think it is a given that he's good or that he will be good. And that especially in the way that we want to play, right? Um, because again, you know, if you want a guy who's going to be good with the ball at his feet, I, you know, and again, I'm not an Aaron Ramsdale expert. I certainly you know, haven't seen him playing that way. And he was one of the leaders in the Premier League in terms of how long he went with his kicks. So he's launching Paul, it. Explain you know? that. We explain that. She's, no, she's, no, it's style. Again, but what are... I'm saying, Clive, if you've only ever seen a goalkeeper kick long, it's very hard to know if they're going to be able to play possession. Yeah, play I haven't, I haven't looked close enough, but I promise you I will have a good look. Mm. I'll have a good look. And I, I look and forward I'll, to it. And I'll, if I, I would have had a good look today, but I've been <laughs> working. So um, I'll have a good look and I'll, and I'll let you know. I'll come yeah, around to it. Yeah, and like, it's, you know, part of it too, again, all of this calculation you take a pool of money and you say, how do we use it to build a better squad and build a better future? And for me, 25, 30, 35 million pounds on Ramsdale, you know, is a thing that like United could do and just stick him behind De Gea and see if he develops. I don't think it's a thing we can do. And, and you know, I, I think if you're not going to outsmart the market at center back, you're going to go for a big 50 million pound English center back from the Premier League who's young, go do it. You know, if you're not going to outsmart the market attacking midfield and you're going to go 50 million, 60 million on James Madison, you know, established player from Leicester in the Premier League, all right, at some position, you're going to have to start to get a little more clever. Because, you know, and look, there's one other part to this argument, potentially. If suddenly Arsenal have 300 million to spend in the window, then go get all the players you want. It's freaking Christmas every day, and you, you get a Premier League player, and you get a Premier League player, and you get a Premier League player. Because, you know, at that point... Who cares? Um, and I will confess, this idea of outsmarting the market and stuff, I, I realize it can get tedious when City are getting Kane and Grealish, United are getting Sancho and Camavinga, Chelsea are getting Holland. You know, and again, by the way, they may not be getting. These are just rumors. But it's going to take something special to bridge that gap. And maybe getting clever and you know getting Onana for eight million and getting Awar for twenty million. Like it may sound clever, but it may it may not get you there. I, I confess that. I still want to get to Lakanga. I still want to get to Tavares. I still want to get to a couple other things, but Clive has more to add on this point and I would never cut that off. So Clive, please add. <laughs> no, actually I should have let you carry on. But what I, I think I just found a tweet that you found earlier on that the Conga, White, Tavares or Ramsdale, a total of hundred and five million. Got me honest with you, two months ago I didn't know who Lakonga was. I didn't know who Tavares was until this morning I woke up. Mm. And I have a picture of him on my bedroom ceiling. <laughs> and 
answer I did know about, and I thought, mm, I'm not sure about that. That's my gut reaction. I much prefer the Anana. That's my gut reaction. So I understand why you feel the way you do. But researching on the Congo looks like that's something really, really good. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk the Congo. We're going to talk Tavares for sure. So, yeah. And, and yeah. by the way, you, you, you can like individual deals, but still not think, you, you know, that you're moving the needle. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, you I think yeah. the, this is where I was going to go, Elliot. I think... If you ask me where we need to move the needle, I think it's in the centre midfield Chaka replacement yep. and potentially an attacking midfielder. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I think that is the two players you move the needle on. And I think if and you could find a guy who could be Tierney on the right, wow, would that make you good? Because you bring Saka and Pepe to life in a big way that way and you add a dynamic threat that we haven't had on the right. So I think those three, center midfield pair for for part for party, attacking midfielder who can add some goals from the midfield and a, and a right back who can do what Tierney does on the left, I, I think you move the needle a lot doing that. And so far, we aren't strong enough linked with any of those three things. I, that is, Paul, I'll let you come back in here. We're going to take a break in a second. But like that that for me is probably why I'm being whiskers, you know, being being nervous, because it's not that any of these deals individually other than Ramsdale, I'm not allergic to any of them, but we we aren't strongly linked with the three things I think could make us better quicker. But again, it's only, it's only June. So yeah, go ahead. Well, we need a goalkeeper, so we're linked with a goalkeeper, you and well, maybe we, we I. We don't need it yet, right? Because we think Leno will still be here for the season. Oh, we'll need a backup goalkeeper. Oh, I see. yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. uh, we're not buying. We wouldn't be buying Ramsdale or Nana to be the backup. It, they would be the heir apparent. So if we well, had no, to get no, like no, some no. kind of Matt no, Ryan, no, no. we'll uh, be we'll have both. It won't be Ramsdale starting. Leno. Will be no, no, here. no. I, I agree, but you're missing you're missing my point. We'd be buying those guys to be the heir apparent. Whereas if you don't find the keeper you want for the future this window, you can get another uh, Matt Ryan type guy to be behind Leno. And kick that can one more window down the road. Like you can, you can go either way. But you don't spend like, twenty five million on a keeper if you're not totally sure he's the one for the future. Is my point? Yeah, you'd be if you're spending. Well, it depends on what we spend, right? If it's twenty, twenty five, thirty five, those are all different statements. But we don't. We know. I think it's fairly clear we're interested in Ramsdale. Seriously, we just don't know how much. Um, and but to your question about whether these these signings move the needle i mean gutierrez would address your we want i i guess you said you wanted a right back who can do what tierney can do um well we're not linked to one of them yet strongly um midfield i don't expect us to be strongly uh, well i could see why we don't want to be linked to be any anybody right now because we don't want to look like we're desperate to sell um uh, Chaka because we want to get a reasonable fee, right? So we don't want to be we don't want to get too far ahead on that side. But we the the Neves rumors were strong. I expect something like that to come through. So we'll have that. We're clearly after a number ten. So if the critique is the rumors right now uh, aren't exactly where you need them to be, I mean they kind of are and they kind of aren't, right? Um, mm-hmm. The the CM thing is a little bit on hold. We're clearly after number 10. We're just looking at options. And maybe all the ones we're excited about happen to be playing in the Euros right now. So not much is going on. And we weren't really that serious. So I'm not too freaked out about the rumors and the the list of names. I mean, I think Gutierrez, that name will come and go, as we've seen before. Lakanga is a unicorn signing for me. Uh, We don't know much about him. He sounds wonderful, like Onana. 
but it looks like Lakanga will well, probably, very probably happen. Can, so can we dive into that? Because because I I do yeah. want to actually focus on that for a minute. So let's do this because you, you know I mean I I think the one thing we can agree on here and and that we've all sort of reached a, a point of probably just being able to to set it aside now because we're all on the same page is that you you just want to make sure that whatever you're spending you're getting the absolute most elite quality for that money and the best outcome for that money and i think we all agree that the one place that is absolutely assured is at manscape.com so like if you go to manscape.com everything you buy there is going to be good quality it's not like the transfer market where you could accidentally get a willian i mean something could happen to your willie if you go with low quality but you're not going to get a willian right you're going to go with high quality and your willie's going to be taken care of that that, that didn't work We'll fix it in post. Point is... The William is yeah. going to be taken care of. Well, you know, maybe. Can, that's another <laughs> issue we can get to. Um, so look, manscaped.com, promo code Arsenal Vision. You get 20% off. You get free worldwide shipping. And what you get is you get like the, the perfect package, right? So you can get the lawnmower, which is a... I'd say like a, a Kylian Mbappe of body shavers. I mean, it is it is a Holland of body shavers. It is... It, it has ceramic blades. It has an incredibly long battery life. It's wet, dry. It comes with a guard. You can do eyebrows. You can do your chest. You can do your privates, which is what it's, it's purpose built for. So you don't have to use the old crusty, rusty razor that you found at Chelsea for a free. I, I mean, in the shower. Um, so basically, now that this tortured analogy has gone on long enough, what I will tell you is they are having a really good sale on a whole package. We can get the weed whacker for nose and ears, the the man the manscape, the lawnmower for the rest of your body, the tonics, the potions, the powders, the the uh, toiletry kit. And since you're going to be coming to Vegas to see us, this is the perfect time to get it. Go to manscape.com, use promo code Arsenal Vision, get twenty percent off free shipping. Manscape.com, promo code Arsenal Vision, twenty percent off and free shipping. Clive has had enough of that. Yes, sir. <laughs> Plenty. I've been thinking about our links. <laughs> so I'm ready to go or you're uh, ready to go. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I'm mean, not having, I'm not having when you say you've been thinking about our on. links, do you mean like link sausages? Are you talking, like, is this some more Manscaped content or no? No. no. I'm okay. thinking about um, our links positionally. I'm, by the I'm, way, I, I, got, I think he's... I, I, just real quick, I've got, to, I've got to send you a mug, and we made two for you because we couldn't decide on the quote. And one of yours quotes is, it's football mate, it's just football mate, and the other one is, he's in the washing machine now. So which one do you want? Oh, um, it's, fo- it's just football. I don't really, I don't mind either one, mate. It doesn't matter. It's just a mug, mate. Yeah, it's just a mug. I don't think I even say one, but I think I, I do. Another say quote. Both, put that on a quote, on a mug. It's, it's just, just a, a mug, mug, mate. Well, actually, we put it on a shirt, too. So you can, I, I will definitely send you the shirt, Clive. You can tell me your shirt size off air, though. Um, I like, I like Tim's. I've just written about this. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, yours, obviously, pause. Fuck them. Okay, so you've been thinking about our links. Clive, go ahead. Yeah, so we have we are linked to a, to a few people. Isn't there's a new um, well, through the goalkeeper today. Right? I thought James did a great article this morning. By the way, that's the way to wake up to see like four or five new names you've not just not seen before. You have a sickness. That's the best way you can wake up to some cool new names that James is linking us with. Man, I can tell you five better ways to wake up than that. Uh, okay, I love ahead. it because I go, I can have a look around. I can start doing some researching. I can even look at the data. How about on a beach I'm with a with a pina colada and a bag full of money that someone set by your, your deck chair? Yeah, okay. This is what I always say. There's always a new name. There's always a new talent. They don't get upset it's like um so there's obviously we were linked to tyler adams a, a few weeks ago and people sort of rubbish that one a little bit because mm. they say that he wants to play in center mid he's a bit injury prone and, and i was thinking when he first came up i'm thinking right back tyler adams brilliant 
get an American kid in, fantastic for us in the US, brilliant, let's do it, let's do it. And then you read about Jesse March being his manager and he's got a signed long-term contract. You read that Sabitzer's going to move on, he's going to play in centre mid, you think, oh, that's not going to happen. And that's a bit of a shame. And there's another, there's another player today which I hadn't seen before, a Sassuolo player called Mert Muldia. So I had, a, I had a look at him today, and he's, he's Turkish player, and he, and he is the right-back guy, 22. And I'd look at him today online, and I thought, he's almost like a, a stretched-out, faster Danny Sabayas. Very slim and creative around the ball as a right-back. Lots of chops and turns and flicks and goes into the box. Got good physique, has played right in the back on occasions. Doesn't look like one to me, because he looks really flexible and agile. I thought, great, this is the sort of stuff I like. This sort of stuff we've spoken about, isn't it? 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds with lots of growth potential. And when, we you know, Lekonga's similar. And when we start to do it, we don't seem that comfortable with it. We say things like, it's not going to move the needle. I think, hold on, what do we want? Do we want What we want is the best players at value? Or are we prepared to say, well, actually, we're going to start doing the things that Leicester have done and that Dortmund are doing? And this is for the first time we seem to be doing that. And the physical and technical profile of some of these players look excellent. And they're all going to get better. Ben White, he's not finished. He looks like a child to me. I know everyone looks like a child to me. <laughs> but he looks so young. But you see him play with such freedom and expression. You think, crikey, we can get the right people, the right bricks around him to make him feel solid and comfortable. He could be something. You know, he mm. could be something. So I find this stuff... The thing that makes me laugh, Elliot, is that you've taught me to think this way. <laughs> I've ruined you. I love it. It was my goal you from thought, the start. <laughs> you brought another thought process into my into my thinking. And I look at the players that we get excited about. Which ones is it? Mm. It's the ones like Tierney, the ones that come with something, the ones that come in the right moments of their careers. Bellerin used to be like that until he's literally come to the end of the road. As he was that 22-year-old guy, he was the one. He was the one bombing through with that. Saka's showing it now. Smith was about to show it. Martinelli's bursting. These are the ones that make us excited. Gabriel, we can debate about, but we all know he's going to get better. Mm. We all know that. There's no debate about that. We can debate what he is now, whether you like him or you're not, but we all know he's going to get better. You know, And I find that exciting. What I don't find exciting is looking at, it's not a critique of him because he's been a good player for us, but I don't get that excited about Grant Shacker anymore because I don't think he's going to get better at Arsenal Football Club. He's going to have a great career in Italy and probably rip it at Roma. But for us, it's done. And you just recycle. You know, There's a debate about Rob Holding, when that moment will happen, this summer or next summer. But it's coming and he's contractually secure. So I think what needs to happen to make people feel comfortable is that centre-mid partner. I really think that is massive. I think there's tactically there's so many things we can get from that position. And which way we go is going to define, I think, some of our success criteria. Because I think that unlocks the front section where we know we've got developing talent and superstar talent. And if we add one, we've got a lot of talent. But that player there... I don't think we can mess about there. That's got to be something real. Yeah. The one thing that I want to be clear about is that being dogmatic rarely works because the transfer market is dynamic. Sometimes opportunities pop up that 
wouldn't be the thing you'd want to do, but you have to take that opportunity when it's available. You know, the Mesut Ozil transfer is a great example of something that I don't think was on our radar, but you can't turn that down when it becomes available at that time. And, you know, there are going to be situations like that. Um, I I think you want to have a plan and then you want to have some flexibility within that plan. And I, I think the thing that's interesting, right, is you know my feeling. I don't think backups should be things that we target as a priority generally. But I actually think both the Lakanga and Tavares links make a lot of sense in that they're young, they have big talent, the fees aren't big, the upside is there, and they are needed in the sense that Party is not a young player. We've acquired him sort of in the middle of his prime. And Tierney is an injury concern. Now, the latter, I think... I don't know that you want to put a lot of resources into protecting against injury because, you know, if everything goes right, that player never plays. Like, the, the problem with the Tavares links for me is if everything goes right, Tavares will start zero Premier League games. So you got to be cautious in that situation because you say, what's my path for that player? What, you know, what am I thinking there? With Lukanga, you could say, well, if everything goes right, maybe he doesn't play this season. But, you know, a season later when Party's pushing 30 you're going to start to weave him in. And also in midfield, there's just always going to be some rotation through there. So uh, even when you don't have European football. So Paul, I mean, of those two rumors, I think both players at the prices quoted make a lot of sense to me. I think, you know, I, I don't consider backup left back as big a priority as some, but in general, I think both of these moves strategically look perfectly sound to me. Uh, yeah, I think I called him Gutierrez earlier. Sorry about that. Uh, Tavares. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, look. we got to stop real quick, though. You you have seen the Tavares video, right? Uh, with the dog? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a lot of sympathy for him. I was young once. I once wanted to win a five-pound uh, bet. I haven't seen the video. I've heard about it. but Clive, have you say. seen it? Nope, not do, seen it. Do you have dogs, Clive? I do. Do you love your dogs? A lot. Uh, yeah, I, I love my dog. I'm going to tell you something. Neither of us love our dogs as much as Tavares loves his dog. And I will okay. leave it at that, and you can go find the video if you're if you're so inclined. Uh, Paul, <laughs> I apologize, but carry on. So Lakanga will happen. Uh, like, there's rumors, and then there's rumors, right? There's, there's shit going on, and then there's rumors. So Lakanga is going to happen, and it makes all kinds of perfect sense. And it's great, but he won't be our CM. Uh, we'll still need... Neves or somebody else in for that spot. Uh, Tavares came up and it'll probably go away as quickly. It's called the Lindy effect. If they only just came up, they'll probably last about that long too. Mm. So uh, the duration of the rumor can be significant depending on the sources. So I think it'll go away. Um, and I think Lakanga looks great. He looks like exactly the kind of thing we should be doing. So, um, but you know, I don't know a huge amount about Tavares, except, except he's got great YouTube videos. He's got loads of skill. He's got athleticism. Um, I guess I, I'm with you that it's really the right wing that we need an answer for this season because hopefully what happens is we, with a shorter season, uh, more scheduled games being, you know, basically every weekend, Kieran Tierney and his fitness can be planned, managed, and this is a year that he becomes strong and robust, and we can basically lean into that, and we just need a backup for a few games along the way. But, you know, 90% of the games he starts, and we're good. So, the, But then the problem on the other side is we have three right-backs, and we could add um, um, Clive's friend there, 
uh, what was the name? Tyler Adams was that the name? Um, yeah. uh, who I read about and looks very exciting, etc. But you know, really wants to be a midfielder and uh, RB Leipzig and all that good stuff. Don't really feel that one, but he he could be the best of our four right backs at the moment is the problem. Um, so we do have big issues to sort out at the fullback side of it. I suspect we won't go big on a left back though. We'll lean into uh, fixing the right hand side, but you know, maybe we just lean into chambers on that side. Um, is that where we end up? Uh, I've been very much an advocate of, of finding tyranny for the right hand side. Not everything we want to do will happen. And the number 10 will happen. The central midfielder will happen. Lacongo will happen. Ben White will happen. A goalkeeper will happen. Maybe the thing that doesn't happen that frustrates us this season is the is the full back thing, because we lean into Tierney staying fit and us having somebody to step into the gap from time to time, and we accept the fact we have three right backs at the moment and Chambers is pretty good, and Ben White is also a very creditable right back if we needed that too, and we don't have Tierney on the right. But if we can get the right player at the right price, we go for it. Mm. I I just want to mention... I don't like that answer, but I think that... If I see where we might fail to get a signing, I could see the fullback situation being the one that's left unresolved at the end of the transfer deadline day. The one thing that I have to admit that I'm not always as fair about is that, like, the transfer market isn't a grocery store, as Arsene Menger used to point out. Like, you may want to write back, for example, and there may not be one you rate enough to go for then don't go for one which sort of goes back to my like goalkeeper point right which is if the goalkeeper you want at the price you want isn't available this window we don't need it don't go get it um one goalkeeper we're recording this in the middle of the spain croatia game and i will tell you that one goalkeeper we will not be going for is unai simon on the basis of uh what has happened to him in that game and if you've not watched that game when you were listening to this i am pretty sure that highlight will be all over your timeline uh since you guys are recording this podcast um it was probably not texted to you in the middle of your recording it was texted to me have either of you guys seen it no, no, no. I'm focused on the podcast, Elliot. Yeah, well, exactly. I was, but my phone blew we up with like three people sending it to me. Yeah. We were linked to that goalkeeper. Of course we were. He looks quite good. Until he then. quite good. Yeah. Uh, so, Clive, uh, Pedri passes the ball back to his keeper from about 35 yards out, and the keeper just decides to uh, let it roll into the net. <laughs> Not good. Under no under. That's pressure. a choice, Elliot. That's a, a goalkeeping start. That's the way they play. Naturally, uh, you know, I mean, had it been Murata back there at keeper, he would have found a way to keep it out. Um, okay, so um, one thing that I do want to just ask you about real quick, Clive, this isn't really Arsenal rumor related, but it is related in the sense that we need to catch up and surpass some clubs that we should be able to catch up to and surpass, whether it's Leicester or West Ham or, you know, not too worried about that. Everton, Spurs, fine. Those are all joke comedy clubs. A kid, sort of. No, I don't. Um, but then you start to get into what it's going to take to be a top four team. And, you know, Liverpool, nearly 100 points in consecutive seasons, won a Premier League, won a Champions League. They are going to struggle just to stay within touching distance of clubs that have more money than them because you, as as clever and successful as Liverpool have been in the market, you, you just can't guarantee that kind of efficiency like they've had. They had unprecedented efficiency based on unprecedented sales. When you look at the deals that clubs like City, Chelsea, and United are linked strongly with this summer and the money they can spend... Do you think that we may be entering a bit of a murky period here where the extent to which Arsenal have to not just be okay in the market, but exceptional in the market to get close to those teams is 
unlike it's ever been before? Or do you th just think it's an overreaction based on some rumors? I think we need to just relax. Oh, uh, we I, well, I'm to, not going to do that. So can you give me another answer? Yeah, we, 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 need to, we need to relax a little bit and enjoy the rumors. I enjoy the fact that, when, that, you know, a few weeks ago that we were talking about Ryan Bertrand. Right now we're talking about Tavares. And by the way, I think that one is quite real at seven mil. So that one could, it's real today, put it that way. <laughs> it could be gone in for a week's time. <laughs> mm. It feels quite real today. You know, the people that are, are quoting it, are, are, they're not silly people, right? So they've done a few laps and they're well connected. So that one feels quite real. And I like, I, I like the sound of that one. I, I really do. I think for Arsenal, we have got a not a bad first eight or so. Mm. Need to add two to that to make it a good first 11, 10, 11. And what we do beneath that, I think, is the future of the club, right? And so we're developing this, this core of people. And we need to be confident in doing what we're trying to do. And the excitement is the potential, the excitement is the growth. And the excitement is we've meant to have a coach that's really good at developing players. So he's going to have time to develop players this year. He, uh, this is a year when we can bring in seven because there is time on the training field. There is time to do it. There is time to assimilate people. I do think the left-back thing is really important. Tierney plays for Scotland. They're going to have qualifiers, etc. around the international breaks. We're going to lose him. We know we are. He just gets a car straight out of nowhere. Whoever, whoever comes is going to get 10 games. Easy. And, and that's all right. You know, we need to be not playing Tierney when he feels something because mm. that's how you ruin your asset. In players that enable our top assets to be who they want to be, if we had this left-back signing, which we waited on in January, who knows what, we'd be, what competition would be in this season because our ability to not react appropriately to losing Tierney was massive. So when I hear you say backups are not important, I think they are important because if they can mimic the style that we're trying to achieve, that's great. That means we can do it. I firmly believe that players will be playing less games and there'll be a lot more rotation going forward. And having these players that are flexible positionally and style, but also give us the same style, I think is the way the game's going to go. You know my things about player well-being. I think there's far too much football, maybe not for Arsenal this season, but in general there's far too much football and the stresses on the players, it's going to come out somewhere. Not just the physical stresses, but the mental stresses. So I'm really pleased with these players coming in. And as for the other teams, they're doing what they're doing. Right, I'm looking at Jaden Sancho, bright player. What what can we do? Ninety million, eighty million, whatever he is. And then Camavinga for another hundred million euros. <laughs> yeah, that could happen. You know, either one year to go on his contract. Someone's going to pay that. They're stupid, really. They do pay that. He hasn't had a great season this year. Have his you met Manchester United? <laughs> <laughs> his potential. You know, they happen to have another guy there. They spend sixty million on in Fred, who plays left footed centre mid. Another guy in Pogba. I don't know where to put him. They got they got McTominay running around in but, that, but, that so team. But so can I stop you for a second? Because this is kind of my point. Though they they are a dumb club that has done dumb things in the market. But there is an amount of spending where you can just spend your way out of problems. You know what I mean? Like like you can spend enough where you accidentally get it right, and that's the advantage they have, right? Like when we get it wrong, we get punished because we we can't just spend whatever we want. When they get it wrong, they just spend again. The classic example of that are Chelsea and City. Um, you know, and so, you know, I mean, City deciding to swap Mares and Sterling for 
Grealish and Kane. It's like, what's the point? <laughs> but but they can yeah. do it because why not? It's, it's fun for them. Um, I think that's that's the problem. I think what it shows you, Clive, we have to be so sharp because they don't. They can just spend and spend and spend and spend until it gets right for them. We have to be sharp. That's my point. Yeah, we have to be really, really good at being who we are. Uh, a lot of these rumors are bringing me back to what we used to do. Mm-hmm. We, we used to make our own stars. You know, when we brought Van Persie in, you know, that's the sort of stuff we used to do all the time. We need to get back to doing that, but do it well. You know, do it at a good price. Lots of people are trying to do it, but we went away from that, and I think we just got a bit caught between two. We were, we're a little bit old and a little bit too young. But now we're in the age range where I, I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, totally agree. I don't, str- I don't stress. I don't stress about it. I, I don't stress. If you have the right type of technical and physical players playing to a style which has been well coached, you can really close the gap. And you've only got to look at Leicester City. It is, this is what makes sport so beautiful, right? It's not always what it says on paper. It's what you actually do on grass. And if we have the right people with the right motivations, I really am quite hopeful. I'm more hopeful this season. I've been for a long time. But we've got to do our work, and we're still doing it. So, Yeah, and, and it's the errors that kill you. I mean, the, the reality is, you're right. Like, we used to do things like Van Persie, a distressed asset. We got it at a good price who had elite skill and and eventually got it right. I mean, injuries mean meant we never really got the best of him long term. But, um, you know, I, I mean, Ben White isn't that. Ben White is a big fee on a known guy in league, but Lakanga could be, Tabarez could be. I, I want to correct, not correct, but uh, change one thing you said. You said, I don't, you know, I don't care about squad players, me. Um, I do. I think my point is in terms of prioritizing them, right? Like I like the Lakanga move. I like the Tavares move for all the reasons you outlined. What I would say is I wouldn't want the club to say, hey, we got really good backup, a backup left back this window and a backup center mid this window, but we don't like who we have at right back, right? Like that to me, that's all I'm saying, right? Solve, if you have the ability to use your resources to solve your first 11 first, I'd rather do that. Like having no backup left back that we like, but loving our right back is better to me than having a backup left back we like, but not having a solution at right back that we like. So, so I, yeah, it's not that they don't matter to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're not debating. I, I understand, but then we, we're, you're debating the the order by which we do our business. That is a and great that, point. We don't th- th- these rumors. If they were at the end of the window and we'd done all the other business first, might be like, be, wow, we did a great job. Yep. Exactly. If if we signed a center mid, an attacking mid, and a right back in June. And at the end of the window, got White, Lakanga, Tavares. We'd be like, "Wow, this club nailed it." So let's see if we do that. I mean, Paul, do you do you have any of the, of those same concerns I have, which is that this this group of you Uni- look United had Woodward holding them back. He's gone. Chelsea had stopped spending for a bit, and they had a transfer ban. That's over. City had a bit of the FFP thing. That's kind of gone. Those are three clubs with resources that really do dwarf ours, unless there's something changing with Stan that we don't know. Do you? Do you have any concerns about sort of moving into an era now for the next several years where those three, the competitive advantage they have economically is going to just raise the level that clubs like Arsenal or Liverpool or you know anyone else for that matter have to hit to want to break into that club? Absolutely. Um, there's You're basically fighting for the fourth spot and you're hoping that Liverpool in their transition from their older players who are kind of late peak um, that it does not go smoothly for them 
and we kind of think they i mean we know they don't always get it right but it still feels like they they get their transfers right and they obviously have a a well-oiled machine they're data driven blah 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 but they make mistakes um and you only get a few uh, moves each window in terms of signings they've made mistakes they've made mistakes with Keita. they've made mistakes you could argue with um Oxley uh, chamberlain <laughs> Oxley chamberlain you know they they um uh, and who's the guy this year like the world's the world's greatest uh Central midfielder, I can't remember his bloody name. Oh, Tiago. I mean, he had, Tiago had Thiago. a good Tiago had a good season. To be fair, I, I was down on him no, too a little bit. Hang on, when I hang, into hang on, hang on. I haven't made my point yet. He had, like, he's a great player and he's a great signing, and but it didn't move the needle for them. And in fact, there's a big debate about you know was it him? Was it the, you know not everything? Even when you get great players, it doesn't move your needle always. So what we've got to hope is that. Liverpool's three, four moves over the next uh, couple of windows. Um, you know, variance in terms of moves is a thing too. And that's, they're basically our competitor for that spot along with Leicester. And if West Ham can keep it up, but West Ham, I think now everybody knows what West Ham is. They'll have a, a tougher time this year, but Leicester are still a thing. Yeah, that, that's the competition for that fourth spot. We need to hope that Liverpool get a little unlucky because they are actually good at this stuff, at signings, at making moves, at knowing who they're buying. We need to hope we get a little lucky. Um, but I'm with Clive as well, which is you focus on your own team, your own... Like, if we're, if you're in, in this as a supporter to win the Premier League or to always get in the top four you're going to have a rough time at Arsenal over the coming years. It's a different game now. What you want to see is that the club is being well-run, moving forward, progressing, the progression of the players, the style, that we get our act together. And whether we're... I'm not going to be happy if we're fifth or sixth, but if we're doing all the right things, that's what you got to enjoy in your football, how you're playing. And, it, you know, if we had Real Madrid, the good Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern... And the three, four top teams all in our league, you live with the world you're in and you don't beat yourself to death over it. Um, you can only control what you can control. So I want to see us well run, playing good football, bringing in players, developing them. And I'll reframe my expectations, but not just I won't reframe my expectations because we're being bad <clears throat> and the opportunity was there. So. Mm-hmm. It, do I share your fears? Yes, I will. Life is hard. One one adjusts. Uh, I want us to see us well run, playing good football, bringing good players, developing them, and I'll live with it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I think a lot of people think of me <clears throat> as you know being sort of dour at times or pessimistic. What I will say is that I I actually feel like I'm kind of a realist, and that's to say that. I do think there is really one place in the top four for the next few years that feels available. And I realize, look, any of those clubs can have a down season. Like, that does happen. A couple bad injuries, a bad run of luck, a manager who gets into a bad situation, the player's down tools. But it looks like there's really one place in the top four. And it's kind of ironic that the the team that nearly touched 100 points twice, won the CL and the PL, like, is the one we think is the, the spot to target. And it's not just us going for it anymore. It's not like the early aughts where we kind of had a divine right to it. It's, or I guess the mid-aughts, early aughts, we were winning titles uh, without losing. But 
you know, it's it's Leicester, it's Spurs, it's us, it maybe is Villa, it maybe is West Ham, you know, Everton maybe. Like the point is it's it is a challenging time in the Premier League because there's more money in it. More teams are getting sharp and know what they're doing. And at the top end, some of the spending that's happening is really outrageous. So it gets challenging. I want to make one last final point. And, and this is one, Clive, that I think is interesting. You know, a lot of times the binary of positive versus negative comes up. In pa- on our Patreon Discord, it's, you know, at times we get, you know, pretty argumentative with one another. Not not us on the pod, but, you know, just all the people in Discord. And, like, that happens. It, you know, it's a vibrant, dynamic community of people who feel passionately about something. But you sort of wind up with this binary of, oh, this person's positive or this person's negative. And the thing that I think is interesting about this is all of us want the same thing. Arsenal to make moves that we regard as smart so that long-term they will get better and ultimately win titles and win Champions Leagues. We all want that. We have different ideas about how you get there. So if I see Arsenal doing a deal that I think is a bad deal for the club, I'm not being negative. I'm saying... In my view, if we do this, it's not good for us. We shouldn't do this. It's kind of like saying, hey, my six-year-old wants to take my car out and drive it 100 miles an hour on the highway, and I go, I don't think she should do that. She's probably not ready for that. Am I being negative about my daughter? No, I just don't want her to die in a car wreck. So, like, do you think that sometimes this binary where we start to think about, hey, be positive and like the link, or, you know, don't be negative and hate the link, that actually the right way to be is to have the opinion that you think is the smartest thing for the club to do in its long-term best interest? Or is it really a case where at some point you just have to try to really back what the club does and hope for the best for it, you know? So when, when you said, um, you know, about bad moves for the club, you said, in my view, that is in your view with the information that you have at that period of time, right? So at that point in time, sorry. And if, if you have the whole project plan in front of you, that move may look different in a few weeks' time. So what I try to do is look at it and say, okay, what are they trying to do here? That's the first place I go. You have a look at the player. What's he play like? Who does he going to play with? Okay, what's his age? Because now you've got to be thinking age. What's his minutes? Right? What's he? You know, what does he do passing-wise, carrying the ball-wise? Okay, I can see what he does. Is he an upgrade of what we'd have in that sort of position how do we play? How do we build? Okay, I can see where he's going to stand. Yeah, I think I can see why they're doing this. It doesn't mean I think it's going to work. I can understand what the professional people are thinking. And look at the ages of some of these players now. Conga, Tavares, White, Gabriel, Tierney, Balogun, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, Saka. I mean, gee whiz. That is a group of players there potentially that is all within one or two years of each other. Can you imagine that all coming up at the same time? You know, that's, that's major well, stuff. It's a huge, Look it's, around it the is a, By the way, it is the sing, I've said this a billion times. It's the biggest reason to be excited about things at Arsenal right now. It is our biggest head start. And if it goes well, it is the single biggest reason why we can do exciting things. Exactly. So we, we can name a few more to come into that. You can see, I know you don't like it, but put Ramsdale in there as well. I'm just saying it from an age perspective. A group of players that could have spent three to four years together. My goodness. That's, that's serious stuff. That's serious stuff. you still got your, your baubles on the tree and Pepe and Aubameyang. Do you know what I mean? The, the boys have got to put the ball in the back of the net. The sure thing, because you can't mess about with goals. You need to have somebody steady at the back to solidify things, someone like Marie, just to make sure experience. But you can see where this is heading. 
And I've, and I've, I've wanted this for a while. I wanted renewal. I wanted to blow this thing up with a new dynamic, right? So, this is what we're doing. And to to add to your point, Elliot, if they are buying, everyone's City going to buy Haaland or Chelsea buy Haaland, and Kane goes into City and Greenish goes into City. Probably one of them will do it, not both. You think so? Crikey, that door is shut for a couple of years. That door is shut. So why try to bang it open with twenty-eight-year-olds? You see what I mean? You make sure that when that door creaks open a little bit, we walk through it with a set of 24-year-olds that are the, the best in the league. I mean, you're singing from my hymn sheet right now. You know that, right? <laughs> I know. This is what finds me so... This is what makes me so perplexed. You know, you brought the thought process into my mind and the club is actually doing it. Yeah, and I, and I like, I like that. I really do. And I don't like every single one of them, but I, I do like that approach. Absolutely. I've said from the beginning, the, the best thing about this window so far is... We are linked with the, the right age bracket, the right kind of talent development, mostly the right fee. I mean, look, you, you, we did a whole scouting pod on, on Ben White. You know where I am, which is I'm right on that fence. I can see why it maybe makes sense. I can see the arguments against it. And a lot of it's going to depend what other business we do. I'm just saying <clears throat> that I think the binary that if you support every move the club makes, you're being positive, And if you're against moves they make, you're being negative yeah. is, is incorrect. Like if you were against the Willian deal, it's not because you hate the club. Or you're a negative jerk. It's because you looked at it and you said, "I don't think this is right for us." You know, like it's just yeah. But you know so. what? But what I did to William is, and I, was, I put my hand up straight away. Okay, what are they trying to do here? Mm. Okay, we got a group of young players, really young. We didn't know they We didn't know even where they're going to end up. A couple of them were injured. We Erzul's, We knew it was going to go out the door, not in the squad. We needed something that was a sure bet. As far as I'd seen the previous years, <clears throat> William was a sure bet until he arrived at Arsenal. And suddenly realised that deal doesn't look so good anymore. Do you see what I mean? And so again, I tried to understand it, Cedric. I thought, what are you doing there? Why you got to buy him early? That looks stupid. Okay, he plays both sides. Oh, I can see what they're trying to do. Get Kalashnik out. Okay, they're trying to cover their bases. Okay, I can see it. When I see Cedric play left back, he doesn't clear the ball against Benfica. I'm thinking, you idiot, that's a crap deal. But I could see why they were trying to do it. It doesn't mean I agree with it. When we went for Ryan Bertrand earlier in the year, I thought, yeah, I can see what they're doing there. Potentially somebody doesn't want to play every single week. Actually, it didn't work because if he goes to Leicester, he plays in European games, he's probably guaranteed more appearances. Arsenal have to go younger. Somebody they can build over time, somebody who will be happy with 10 games and then build him up over the next few years. Either we, he replaces TD or we move him on at a big profit. That makes more sense. Do you see what I mean? So we're getting there. We're getting there. And I find this really exciting because it sounds like we're stopped being stupid. I got to tell you. And that is exciting for me. This this conversation, everything you've just said, is already a more intelligent way to think and talk about transfers than I think we all used to. I don't necessarily just mean on this pod, just as a collective fan base 10 years ago when it was spend some effing money and bring players in. There there wasn't this kind of thought process to the planning. But I think the fact that we've updated our ideas about the the, the transfer market and the way to, to build a squad, Clive, means that we now are more exacting in what we're asking for, Right. 10 just years to ago, it's, to Clive, if we were linked with a 50 million pound English player from the Premier League 10 years ago, we'd be over the moon because it just would have rep- represented ambition. I just think we're a little more exacting in what we what we think the club needs to do to get it right now. And I, I will say this, I don't know what the right reaction should be to a rumor or a link other than to say it's just a rumor. So I get that. But I mean, 
Having these conversations is exciting to me and fun to me, and it's part of the solution. It's what I hated about the Super League. It was it was a parachute out of this challenge. We have a really interesting challenge as a club right now. Rebuild with the resources we have in an intelligent way, building on the space of exciting young players, and get back to the top of world football. And it can be done, but it's going to be hard. And and tracking that process is going to be a lot of fun. And I like having these conversations this way. And I, I just don't know that I want them to be shut down with, you know, cheering on every move we make, but I also understand it can be tedious to, you know, rain on every move as well. So it's it's about finding a happy medium, but hopefully there's room for everybody to embrace each other's nuanced, ideally nuanced views on why a deal might make sense or not make sense. Because these are some interesting links. You know, there hasn't been a link yet where I think, you know, like... I think if we had bought Buendia, people would have equally said, I hate it, why are we buying championship players? And some people would have said it's good. I think $33 million for Buendia looked like a good deal. Some people don't. It is tough. It's hard to find a deal everybody universally agrees on. But, you know, we'll we'll see where the club goes. At least they seem to be getting a little sharper with, with some of these moves. You know? Yeah, just with my position is just try to understand the plan. Sure. The, rumor, the rumors are fun. I really enjoy them. You've just got to re- release it. Don't get too stressed. Just enjoy them, research them, and try to understand. And then if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. Then we can lose our stuff. We can lose our but shit I, later. But I do think there's value to, to you know, saying what you think about a particular link, and if it happens, saying what you think about that, and then re- reinvestigating it later, right? Like, I wasn't super high on party. I've revised myself on that. I think he's a, a great player, and I think it's probably going to wind up looking like a pretty good move. Um... You know, I didn't really want us to re-sign Aubameyang or Willian. You know, I think those look a little closer to to maybe where I still am. It's fun to update every once in a while and say, you know, you know what? I think we were right on this or I think we're wrong on that. Uh, Paul, I mean, just so we'll get out of here, but I just want your thoughts on this too, which is, you know, and this is a little bit like navel-gazing. I get it. But it's in terms of all of us, as we look at the window and I realize rumors, the best thing you can do with rumors is ignore them and wake up in September and see what business we did. But since no one's going to do that, and it is kind of fun to engage with this stuff, do you kind of agree with Clive that maybe the right way is have your own opinion about it, but also try to interrogate what the club might be thinking and what the plan might be? Yeah. So um, I don't know if you you actually cl- uh, check the chat anymore, but I've been typing furiously and um, trying to get your attention because I'm trying to not do that thing where I interrupt. I'm like, can I add? Um, I, I saw. I saw what you wrote. I wasn't. I thought I could, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that was like I've got a bunch of stuff that goes A S H J K S A H J K. I was just hoping Elliot I had my would decoder hear my typing. Out. Yeah, because I'd already typed. Can I add? Hmm. Look, I, I agree with like Clive phrased it really nicely in terms of what we should be doing as a club. But, of course, the counterbalance to that is we've now reached a stage where everybody wants 23 or 24-year-olds. So Clive's absolutely right, but I'm sure Clive's as, uh, as aware as anybody that it's getting harder and harder. So you can see why the club would make a couple of the moves we talked about. We may not have loved how they turned out, but uh, getting play, uh, experienced players on a free, like, I'm not saying I was interested in Ryan Bertrand, but you could see why you solve certain problems with a couple of older players experienced who are willing to sit in and do whatever. And uh, you get them in cheap and you pay, you know, they'll, they'll, they know that they'll be a supporting player and, and maybe on a, on a good wage and you solve a couple of problems. Uh, it just hasn't worked out great for us every time. Um, 
on the overall topic mm-hmm. of negativity versus positively positively i i agree with your phrasing and i agree with the framework which is you got to be analytical you got to question things um i tend to spend more time thinking well why did the club do it than maybe others do uh, other people just critique it based on what they know and the facts and what they know of the person but the problem with that is we probably know a third of what we need to know to make the assessment so I'm always left thinking, well, I know some stuff, but I don't know enough. So what was the club thinking? Why did they try and do it? And was that reasonable? Um, But I think the bigger question in terms of when people really have an issue with positivity, negativity is when you when it's phrased as I don't like this because I don't like this, that and the other. uh, And because the the club is terrible at this anyway. Mm, Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and like, while I totally understand that and I do it myself sometimes, right, I, I've I'm pretty negative on how we are at selling things. So if we don't get a good price for somebody, I don't like the fact that we don't get a good price and I don't lo- and I'll throw in and we're very bad at selling people. And there's a difference between I don't like this transaction. I don't like that transaction. I don't like uh, this move in the window maybe you won't like three or four and you're just being analytical and critical and that's fear um and you throw in and we're shit at this anyway which i do sometimes and that's that's different that's peeing in the pool of the opinions and you might even still be uh right in it but it's just a lot harder for other people to take while they're trying to work through it um so there is the room for the uh, your fundamental phrasing we can't get all caught up in this positive and negative i agree with that but there is that other thing that goes on out there where people are just turned off by the club which i fu- fully understand or by aspects of the club and it's clearly kind of part of their dialogue on twitter or on social media and it's hard to take so you know the problem is you got to continually be giving second third and fourth chances to the clubs uh to the club because they will have made mistakes if you like look at transfers like for any club you know if you've 10 transfers three work out great three work out terrible and the ones in the middle everybody can argue about because they're a bit good bit bad you know granite chaka uh which of his seasons did we like and not like? Was he a good signing? Um, well, which part of his career are we talking about? What, what were the bad times compensation for the good times? Was thirty-four million for that player too much when you go back? Whatever it was four or five, you know, it, these aren't easy. Like we all think he had pretty much one of the better uh, performances, one of the better seasons this season across our whole team. That doesn't make it an easy signing to assess. And when you go across, you know, Torreira, great potential, should have looked like it should have been good, didn't work out. Was it because it was a bad signing or because he never settled in London? Um, transfers are hard. So it, it's very hard to assess any club's business because there's going to be hits, misses and in-betweens that nobody can agree on. And so you end up having to give the club multiple uh new chances when you're talking about transfers when you're talking about there's so much variance that it's difficult for people who are trying to give it a chance to hear 
but the club's bad and terrible and does all this kind of stuff. No, that, that, that's fair. Like, there is this thing where we feel when we give our opinion, we have to give it in a way that makes the other side of the debate feel bad about theirs. And I, I just don't see why yeah. that's necessary. Like, I can say why I think the Ramsdale move is wrong without sa- saying it in such a way that someone who thinks it might be right has to feel bad and attacked about it. But, they, you know, the funny thing is we're sort of getting into a public civility debate, which we don't need to because we're not everybody's mother and father. I mean, to be fair, all of us are somebody's father. Um, but, Clive, uh, you have, instead of writing no. a bunch of JKs, S's, and D's, you've written Can I Add? So I actually know what that means. Would you like to add, Clive? I, I wrote Can I Add, but you ignored it, so I started typing furiously. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yes, that's that's true. I But I was getting to it. I was just letting I was letting the conversation get get to the point where i knew you would make the perfect contribution clive yeah i was going to say was the the fun thing is going through this process however you want to go through it i have to say i think we need to develop the skill set of listening to each other i think listening to other people's point of views is really really important because they can add to your own and add different layers to your own and help you think about things in a slightly different way i think listening is really 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 key it's a key life skill. I've learned so much from you guys and the guys in the Discord because I open my mind up to it. And if you don't, you end up in a binary situation. So, um, so yeah, that would be the only thing I'd say. I think that's a good place to leave it. What do you say? Sure. I tried listening to Elliot, but I had a, a an organ rejection. <laughs> um, it's not that easy. No, no, no I agree. I, I mean, it, it's the accent, to be fair. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. It's I'll a stick process, to, and we're learning. I'll stick to baseball just as soon as I learn anything about baseball. Um, so, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. I think, you know, this is the funny thing is, I find that like transfers are the thing that wind up getting people the most angry with one another. And the irony, of course, is a lot of that anger is misspent because a lot of these rumors will wind up coming to nothing. I, I think about some of the scouting videos Clive and I have done and for deals that never happened as if they were imminent, you know? Now, to be fair, the reason they didn't happen is because we did the scouting videos because we're giant jinxes. So, all right, well, that's going to do it. I am uh, going to remind you once again, footballfest2021.com. Footballfest2021.com. Register before the the room discounts are gone and stuff. The the registration will stay open the whole time. But, you know, I'm just so thrilled for for those of you to be there. Um, You know, I think think it'll be a lot of fun. And, And... you know, the nice thing about these conversations, when you have them on the internet, when you have them at a remove, it can be easy to get really frustrated. When you're having it over a drink together, then you have a glass you can smash into the other person's face. So it can be a lot more impactful. I'm kidding. It means you can have fun. Uh, Paul's on Twitter. Pause my fans. Thanks, Paz. Woohoo. Clive's on Twitter. Clive BFC. Thanks, Clive. Thank you very much. Buy a Clive shirt. Buy a Paul mug. Get a Tim shirt. Don't get mine. It's terrible. Get Scott's. Uh, mine just says, uh, that's why my friends call me Whiskers. <laughs> Because I'm a worrier. But you know what? Nothing to worry about. The club's got this. And for that reason, we will leave it there. We love you. We'll see you in Vegas. We'll talk to you after Arsenal 10. Transfer window nil. No.